And welcome back inside the home office. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this is NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. Now, to paraphrase the world-famous Walt Disney World Jungle Cruise, welcome to the backside of the season. That's right. We've passed the halfway point. Most teams are 10 games done, eight games still to go. Of course, this week's slate was all shuffled around like musical chairs, thanks to some winter weather here in the Northeast. But coming up on today's show, we'll sort all that out for you. We'll recap the past week. We'll show you the updated NEC playoff picture. Look at our three stars of the weekend. And we'll be joined by our special guest from the red hot red flash, Jada DePa. But first, let's get to the news. Here are the week five NEC women's basketball headlines. Snow in the Northeast affected NEC games scheduled for this past weekend. The SFU Mount St. Mary's game went on as scheduled on Saturday afternoon down in Maryland, but the other four NEC women's basketball games all had to be moved. The FDU Central Connecticut State game, Bryant LIU, and St. Francis Brooklyn Wagner games were all played 24 hours later than originally scheduled on Sunday, while the Sacred Heart at Merrimack game will be made up at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, February 9th. So those two teams will have one less game played than the rest of the field when we peek at the NEC standings coming up in just a little bit. But the featured game of this past week was in Emmitsburg, Maryland, an early bird special on Thursday late afternoon on ESPNU, a rematch of the last two years in the NEC tournament semifinals. It was the FDU Knights and the reigning tournament champion, Mount St. Mary's. Now the Mount took control early on. They led by as many as 14 points in the second quarter, but then the Maddies went on a run. Two buckets by Salvaggi, two by Stanley, part of an 8-0 FDU run to trim the deficit to just six going into intermission. In the third quarter, the Knights completely turned the tide, shooting nearly 54% from the field and outscoring the Mount 21-15 to 15 to send the game into the fourth, all even at 46. Then, with nearly two minutes left in the fourth and the Knights down one, Madison Stanley hit a triple to put FDU up one and then with under a minute 30 left, like DJ Collin, and another one. Stanley hit another three ball to give FDU the lead for good as FDU went on to win 64-56. to 56. Madison Stanley does her part here to end the on-the-run special guest jinx. Thanks, Madison. The Knights are in the win column, and they hit the halfway point of the season in sole possession of first place. Now, if you were looking for some more offense, Hamill Court in North Andover, Massachusetts, was the place to be on Thursday as the Merrimack Warriors down to the Bryant Bulldogs, 92-55. to 55. The Warriors put up 28 points in the first quarter, shooting 59%, and they did not look back from there. 92 points on 51% shooting for the entire game, 10 made threes, eight different scores, and four players in double figures with Mason Kimball leading the way with 19 on a night that she was honored for her 1,000th career point that she recorded back at the beginning of January. Now the 92 points marked Merrimack's highest scoring output since joining the Northeast Conference and their highest scoring game overall since 91 points back in January of 2019 against Bridgeport. Kimball was involved in that game as well. She came up with six. Now the LIU Sharks had a perfect 2-0 weekend with home wins recorded over Central Connecticut State and Bryant. Now don't look now but the Sharks, who have won seven NEC games each of the last two years, have won two in a row, three of their last four, and four out of their last six. But 
We want to specifically spotlight sophomore guard Dallas Carter here. Carter put on her own personal three-point shooting contest on Thursday against the Blue Devils. She drained six threes, going six for nine with a career-high 18 points. Her last triple, with just under two minutes to go, made it a two-possession game, and the Sharks would not look back from there, coming away with a 74-67 to win. And finally, in that same game, Central Connecticut State senior Ashley Barubi reached the 1,000-point plateau. Barubi becomes the 17th member of the Blue Devil 1,000-point club. She gets to learn the handshake, the secret password, all that jazz. And she's the first Blue Devil to reach 1,000 since Kiana Patterson back in November of 2018. Barubi coming back after missing almost all of last year due to injury, currently stands second in the league in scoring at 15.4 points per game and fifth in the league in rebounding at nearly seven per contest. So right now, let's take a look at where they stand. The FDU Knights maintain their two-game edge for first place in the NEC standings, while the Terriers are all alone right behind them in second. SFU, after their 0-3 start, they've won six out of their last seven and find themselves in third. The Seahawks and the Mount, our two finalists from a year ago, are tied in the middle of the pack at 5-5. Five and five. Sacred Heart and Merrimack, as mentioned before, they only have nine games under their belt because of the postponement. They'll be one less than everyone else until their makeup date coming up on Wednesday, February the 9th. And then you have LIU, Bryant, and Central Connecticut. Now, if the season ended today, which of course it doesn't, there's still you know eight games to go, but if the season did end today, the current playoff matchups would be as follows. Bryant and Central Connecticut State would be in that still yet unannounced 8-9 thing, whatever it is. The winner of that would then play FDU, the top seed. St. Francis Brooklyn would host LIU, a little battle of Brooklyn action going on right there. SFU would host Sacred Heart, and of course, they go to overtime every time they play. And Wagner would play Mount in a rematch of last year's NEC championship game. So, of course, we still got a long way to go, but I mean, those are some pretty Good matchups right there. I almost wish we could just freeze the season right here and stop everything right here because I don't know if you're going to get a more exciting first round of a playoff bracket than those matchups. But of course, we still have one month to go. Anything can happen. And we'll continue to keep an eye on the playoff picture as we get down the stretch. But remember, it's asterisks for everybody. All teams eligible have already clinched a spot in the 2022 NEC Women's Basketball Tournament. Time now for the three stars from week five of NEC action, starting with number three. It's Mason Kimball from Merrimack. Now, we talked about her effort against Bryant earlier. She only played one game this week for the Warriors, thanks to the postponement against Sacred Heart. But it was a special outing for Kimball as she lands as our number three star. The second team All-NEC selection from a year ago is the centerpiece of the second highest scoring offense in the Northeast Conference right now. She's currently fourth in the league, averaging 13.6 points per game. And in that lone Warriors game last week, she led the way with 19 points on seven for 16 shooting, even venturing outside the arc to throw down three threes. Mason Kimball, grad student from Merrimack, our number three star of week five. Terriers junior point guard is the number two star of the week. It's Nev Dimitrievich, in large part to her season-high 24-point performance, along with four rebounds and four assists on Sunday against the Seahawks. Nev also secured 11 points, three rebounds, and six assists 
on Thursday against the Pioneers. Neb currently leads the Northeast Conference in assists per game and has helped guide the Terriers to three straight wins. And claiming the top spot for the second straight week, it's grad student Madison Stanley from the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights. Stanley equaled her career high with 25 points, included with a couple of clutch shots in the fourth quarter to help lead FDU to a nationally televised win at the Mount. And then she followed it up with 11 points and four rebounds at Central Connecticut State. Stanley currently stands sixth in the league in scoring, fourth in rebounds, and is second in block shots. The Knights have won six in a row, and on my ballot, of course, my fictional ballot because I don't have a real one, but on my ballot, Stanley is the mid-season league MVP. Now, a Knights player has never won the NEC Player of the Year in the history of the Northeast Conference, and if Stanley can keep it up like this in the second half of the season and perhaps leads FDU to their first regular season title since 1993, history could very well change. And joining us now here on NEC Women's Basketball on the run, senior forward on the red hot red flash. She's been eating up rebounds like I'll be eating up wings during the Super Bowl coming up. It's Jada DePod. Jada, thanks so much for joining us here on this week's show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Now, things are, are, are going pretty well right now. It's been quite the turnaround. The team started 0-14, but since then, you went six out of their last seven. Red Flash are in third place. So what's what's been the secret? How did the team manage to steer the ship in the right direction? You know, I think we just needed that first win under our belt um, to gain a little bit of confidence. We had a, a tough non-conference, definitely, but uh, we hoped to win some games uh, when conference play came, and we've been doing what we need to do, you know, getting stop and scores, playing defense, and uh, just playing good basketball. So, yeah, things are pretty good right now, but, you know, we still have the entire second half of second co uh, conference play to get a focus on. So, nothing – we haven't won anything yet. <laughs> that is true. There's still a long way to go. Now, last year, you know, we saw quite the jump from you uh, individually. And I know speaking with Coach Keel, as you mentioned, and, and credited your quarantine workouts and all the work that you put in in the offseason – uh, to get ready. So take us into that, that off season, the mindset that you had to, to put in that work to, to see the improvements. Yeah. You know, um, Haley Thomas was the starter that I was coming in for uh, last year, most of the time. And I looked up to Haley. She was a great role model and a great player on the court. So, you know, I just thought of what do I need to focus on in order to best help the team and play my role the best I can in order for us to have the best season possible. So um, off season is just important as in season. And I just did what I needed to do in order to, you know, come in as strong as I could in order to do what we need to do to get some wins in the in season. So, yeah. Uh, and this year you've been dominating the boards recently, a, a stretch of six straight games where you've had double figures in rebounds, 23 against Sacred Heart, 20 against Mountain. I'm sure while the game's going on, you're not there counting. There's one, there's two. So when the game is over and a coach comes to you, you see the stat sheet and they're like, hey, Jim, you had 20 rebounds. Like, what's your reaction when you hear those numbers? I'm just, uh, it's kind of just like a surprise because in the game, like you, like you said it, I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just trying to get our, our team as many possessions as possible. So when coach does come back and reread the stat line, I'm just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> Now, because you, you've been such an expert at this, I'm wondering, like, if I were a, a young kid at, like, a, a summer camp and I came up to you and I'm like, Miss Jada, you're, you're awesome at rebounding, you know, what, what are some tips? What, what would you say to me is, like, a, a key to be a good rebounder? 
Yeah, you know, I'd say, first of all, just the mentality is I kind of tell myself that every rebound is going to be mine or any loose ball, not just rebound, any loose ball, you know, dive for the floor. Uh, but it, it's kind of hard work. Um, so I'd say, you know, boxing out is kind of something that people neglect or don't really think about doing. And rebounding is a big contribution to the game. You know, um, another possession could turn into a, a score and a bunch of more possessions could turn into winning a game. So um, it's kind of like the underdog like type of thing. So I just tell a little kid to um, do the little things. That's great advice. And uh, finally, road games for SFU coming up this week, Bryant, Merrimack, teams that you've beaten already. So what are going to be the keys for, for you guys to kind of keep this, this run going here? Um, you know, just stay um, composed and don't get complacent uh, just because we've won a couple of games. Uh, we're not on any streak anymore, anything like that. We got to take it game by game, uh, stay honed in on personnel. And we've played all these teams uh, before and they've played us before. So they know what we do. We know what they do. So what do we need to do in order to make sure that we have that edge still and um, still come out with a W? So, yeah. Awesome. Well, it's time now for Get to Know. We have uh, five quick questions here for Jada Defod to get to know her a little better. Ready, Jada? I'm ready. All right. What is your favorite song that you're listening to right now? Favorite song? I'd go with That's It by Future and Lil Uzi. Okay. What is one thing that you cannot live without? My mom. Great answer. What, what is a pregame superstition of yours? Uh, I always I always drink Starbucks before every game. Okay. Even away games, I always find a way to get Starbucks. Well, there's always a Starbucks nearby. Yeah, exactly. Kind of it's a team thing, kind of. It's a team thing. If, if we took a survey of your teammates, what trait or adjective do you think they would use to describe you? <laughs> uh, probably crazy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the Winter Olympics are coming up uh, this week. So we wanted to know if you could win a gold medal in any sport or competition besides basketball, what would that sport or competition be? Um, you know, I think bobsledding is so cool for some reason. I don't know why I think it's very interesting. And also snowboarding is always cool, right? So That's awesome. Yeah. Well, exactly. you're, you're up there in Loretto, so you have plenty of uh, <laughs> expertise yeah. about the snow. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Jada, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you coming up on Thursday as the Red Flash Battle Bryant on NEC Front Row. That's Jada Depod joining us on NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. Thanks, Jada. Best of luck. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's time for Stats Amazing, and SFU is starting to be a frequent topic here on Stats Amazing. We've talked about their rebounding. Last week, we talked about all their overtimes against Sacred Heart, and now we're back talking about they're rebounding in honor of this week's guest, Jada DePaul. Now, Jada had a pair of 20-plus rebound games this season, as we mentioned in the interview, 23 at Sacred Heart, 20 at Mount St. Mary's, and Jada is the first NEC player with multiple 20-rebound games in a single season since former NEC Women's Basketball Player of the Year, Denia Davis-Stewart, for Merrimack, who had 24 rebounds against Sacred Heart and 22 against Vermont back in the 2019-2020 campaign. Now, the last NEC player to have three 20-rebound games in a single season, that was Sydney Holloway from the Bryant Bulldogs, and she did that the year before in 2018-19. She had 20 in both games against in-state rival Brown and another 20-rebound game against St. Francis Brooklyn. Now, Jada and the Flash have been a force on the boards. They continue 
to lead the league in rebounding margin. And Jada individually is just outside the top 10 in the nation, averaging 11 and a half rebounds per game. Jada DePaul on the boards, the St. Francis red flash stats. Amazing. Let's take a look at the week six slate beginning with action on Thursday highlighted Mount St. Mary's at Merrimack, the two highest scoring teams in the league Mount at 65.5 Merrimack 64.4 points per game. They're also the top two three point shooting percentage teams in the league. They both produced a fun, fast paced up and down the court style when they went at it three weeks ago in Emmitsburg, Mount came away with a 78-70 win on that night. But now the champs have lost two in a row, and they have to make that seven-plus-hour bus ride up to the Bay State. So we'll see what happens this time around on Thursday night. By the way, something to watch for. Kendall Brzee, the reigning player of the year, 16 points away from 1,000 in her NCAA career. Also on Thursday night, the top two teams in the standings will match up in the Stratus Arena. FDU looks for seven in a row and a three-game lead plus the tiebreaker against second-place St. Francis Brooklyn with seven to go. Now, while the Terriers, they'll look to even up the season series and get to within one game of the top spot themselves. In the first meeting, Stanley had 25 points, her career high, Anya Bell. Netted 22, including four threes, and the Knights came away with a 10-point win. We'll see what happens in the rematch on Thursday night in Hackensack. In other action, Sacred Heart will be back in action at home, taking on the Sharks. SFU will be at Bryant, and Central Connecticut State will be at Wagner. Then on Saturday, the Red Flash will be at Merrimack. Mount will be at Bryant. Wagner will be in Brooklyn to take on LIU. St. Francis Brooklyn will take on Sacred Heart, and Central Connecticut We'll visit number one FDU. And also don't forget Sacred Heart and Merrimack, their makeup will take place prior to our next show on Wednesday, February the 9th. All games, of course, will be available free of charge on NEC Front Row. That'll do it for this week's edition of NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. I'm Craig D'Amico. Enjoy the games, everyone. And we will see you right back here as always next week on NEC Women's Basketball on the Run.